We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Halpin. Hey everybody, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the Tuesday, August 15th edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Football and from Yahoo Fantasy Football. With me today, Liz Loza. Liz, thanks for doing this. How are you doing? I'm well, John. Thank you for having me. I'm, I've followed you on Twitter. Uh, I'm just admitting this to you now while we're live for, for years, and I'm tickled that I actually get to speak with you. I'm a big fan of your work. Same here. I'm a big fan, too, and I'm glad we're doing it. And uh, this is, you know, this sort of new this new gig that I have here. When I was with Fox, there were certain out-of-bounds places of people I was not. It was frowned on if I talked to them. And, you know, so, you know, Yahoo, ESPN and things like that. So I never for you, you and and Scott and Brad, I never got to, you know, never got to do these things. But now I do. So it's pretty cool. Were you in L.A. when you were with Fox? No, I, I work yeah. out of my uh, the the as what I call it, the Johnny Fantasy Mansion in Charlotte, North Carolina. So, oh, yeah. Well, I know I know you're in Charlotte now and I think we're going to talk about some Panthers in a bit. But I didn't know if you were because I'm in L.A. I didn't know if you were. I always wanted to, like, send you a DM be like, hey, if you're in L.A., let's grab drinks. But I never had the courage. Oh, you never had the courage for. Look, no. Wow. All right. Well, thanks. But now I do. I mean, now I was like, yeah, I mean. I'm Liz Flippin' Loza. I would have sent you a DM, no problem. <laughs> well, 
Well, um, the next time I'm in L.A., we'll definitely do that. That sounds, sounds great. All right. Uh, we're going to start right away the, the hot topic. It's still a hot topic four days later. Where would you draft Ezekiel Elliott? I'm not touching him before the fourth, maybe the fifth round, to Thank be honest. You. I mean, yeah, I, I, I see. I think that we're not going to get him right. Anybody who abides by that sort of philosophy is going to lose out because I think he's going to stay around the second or third round. And the reason is last year we had Tom Brady and Le'Veon Bell who had giant post-September successes. And so I feel like because of recency bias and what's in fantasy players' minds currently, the comparison is being made to those two players, except Ezekiel Elliott does not have the experience or football resume of either of those two cats. Uh, So I I just don't think it's a fair comparison. Also, he's not coming on the field until Halloween. Yeah. Seven of your first 13 fantasy games, seven of your regular season games, everybody. So I heard people over the weekend saying, you know, I'm still taking him in the second round. And I'm going, OK, oh, if you say so. Yeah. <laughs> Not me. Have fun. So, so, all right. And the thing, the, the one argument, and I brought this up a couple of days ago, that people are saying is, well, what you want to do ideally is, is grab him and McFadden. I go, well, all uh, right. What, where are you going to take him? Are you going to take him around six or seven? Good luck. Right. So now so now we're uh, driving up the cost on a 30 year old running back who broke his elbow dropping a cell phone. I I mean, (laughs) and also Alfred Morris is in the mix. And for those of you who like to dig deep, Rod Smith is in the mix. And I believe the Cowboys said just this morning that they are open to a possible committee replacing Ezekiel Elliott. I, I understand that Jerry Jones has this Arkansas connection with DMC. But that's not going to cut it for a team that believes themselves to be in a Super Bowl window over the first seven weeks of the season. Right. All right. We were on the anti-Zeke train together. So yeah. I'm glad. OK, um, everybody check out Liz on Twitter. She's at Liz Loza underscore FF. I'm at Jay Halpin 37. Uh, you can tweet us at Rotowire. I say this every day at Rotowire NFL. We've got some updates and uh, check us out on Facebook if you haven't. And I'm on Facebook, too, if you want to catch me. Do you have a do you have your own? Is it a Facebook page? other than your personal Facebook page? Do you have a Facebook page where you answer things? Uh, yeah, I have a Facebook page. It's Liz Loza professional page. I think if you just search Liz, right. Liz Loza um, on on Facebook, you'll find me. My my person, my private or personal page is not under my regular name, so you won't find it anyway. Gotcha. OK. All right, we're going to talk about uh, – I was scanning some of the, the preseason things you worked on yesterday. A lot of you – okay. you and Brad argue. That's basically <laughs> what you've been doing all month, it looks like. Uh, he uh, – I would say since May. Yeah. Uh, but he is my – he's my work husband. So <laughs> it's just kind of what happens. We're both married in real life, so we right. understand the dynamic. Yep. All right. So, so basically I, I kind of like the, the back and forth. So that's pretty good. Um, but I'm going to talk about the quarterback bust. You had some quarterback busts here um, mm-hmm. that, that I we basically I was picking out. I was going through the you and Brad stuff, which is a lot of teams. But there are some other things you've written and I want to talk about a little bit. And the first one is quarterback busts. Um, so we talked about Charlotte and uh, I think we're all down on Cam to a point. But do you think you're more down on Cam than other people? I don't know what the consensus is. I mean, I have to look at the consensus rankings. I, I, will, I, I will tell you right now, okay. <laughs> the, the ADP, I'm looking at the MFL right now until some of the other ones fill up, QB 10. That's where he's going is QB 10? Yep. Well, I have him ranked QB 11. All right. Not so bad. So, you know, Brad has him ranked QB 12. So uh, my... 
I just feel like, right, if if the the benefit of having a Cam Newton was his rushing ability, right, and and the production that he made through his legs, and I feel like there's a clear, um, and I'm sure you've talked about this forever in Charlotte. There seems to be a clear change in philosophy, and they want to keep their franchise quarterback healthy, which means less rushing around and being crazy, and they want him to take fewer deep throw like throw less deep and uh, take fewer risks and so they've brought in these short yardage spe- specialists with CMC and Curtis Samuel Christian McCaffrey and Curtis Samuel and they're trying to change this my issue though is that like evolution takes time right it, this mm-hmm. isn't an overnight thing and we're not 100% sure about the shoulder though i am less concerned about the shoulder because Dude flipped in a truck and played that week. So I I think he's probably one of the most durable and he's enormous uh, men in the league. And I also think, you know, the concussions played into a lot of his year last year and nobody's really talking about the concussions, but he had his bell rung very early in the season last year. And I don't believe he like went into or entered the concussion protocol until a couple of weeks after. So I'm going to give him that one. Um, But I, I just feel like, trying to this is like trying to get a leopard to change his spots a little bit and that just doesn't happen overnight right i mean and i'm with you i have met 11 so i'm good i mean i can see the upside i can see him running near the goal line but you're right the design runs not going to happen as much and and that matters um derek carr people love derek carr lots of people um qb7 are there i'm i'm a little more i'm with you that I'm, actually, I have him QB8, but every once in a while I look at Jameis and Mariota and think, I think I should move them ahead of Derek Carr. I like Carr. He was doing great last year. The touchdown numbers were probably a little high compared to what they should have been. What, what, how much of a bust would you call Derek Carr? And, I, and I'm not – obviously bust. You're not saying, oh, these guys stink. But they're lower no. for you than for others. I have him QB14. Okay. So uh, he's on that. He's not a he's not a QB one in a twelve team league to me. Um, the offensive line is great, but you've added Marshawn Lynch, who call me jaded, but I think that a franchise that adds a hometown hero coming out of retirement uh, to do his whose name is Beast Mode, who likes to throw fruit candies up in the air in celebration near the goal line in particular. And this franchise is doing this two years before they're going to abandon their fan base and move to Nevada. Like there seems to be some branding going on here. It doesn't seem to be a football play. I know everybody's like, Oh my gosh, you mean an NFL franchise wants to make money and sell tickets. That's shocking. They're not doing it for the love of their fans. Um, so I think that Marshawn Lynch is going to see a lot of the goal line. And until Amari Cooper can prove to me that he can convert in the red area of the field, as as lovely as Derek Carr and his designer eyeliner may be, I'm just not putting my fantasy faith in him. Not when Jameis Winston, who you mentioned, has uh, like a giant like Mike Evans converting everything, climbing all sorts of ladders in the red zone and has a speed element like Deshaun Jackson uh, it's tough for me when we're looking at comparisons. I, I mean, would you? So you have Cam Newton eleven. Why yeah. do you have Derek Carr a couple of spots ahead of that? Because I think Carr's gonna. If Cam runs less, then he's more dependent on the passing yardage, and I think the Raiders are gonna throw more than the Panthers are. So why? Because I disagree. I think they're gonna run. Uh, I think they're gonna run. So, see, I am. I am completely fading Lynch. I don't mm. buy any of it. I, I look at this 
And I go, he didn't play last year. He didn't play much the year before. And when he did play in 2015, it wasn't all that good. I know the Seahawks had a bad line. But I'm looking at this comeback for Lynch. I, I just, I'm not buying it. I, so you're just not buying, like, that, that for, that's the answer to you. Like, they, if, if, if Marshawn Lynch, let's take the other side of that, though. So if Marshawn Lynch were to perform, mm-hmm. even, like, three quarters of what he performed two seasons ago, um, then how would Carr's numbers be affected? Because I think that's the difference between people ranking um, Derek Carr in their top 10 and people not. I'm buying into Marshawn Lynch. Okay. If, if that doesn't work, Derek Carr, you're right, is a top 10 guy. So I think that's what managers have to decide for themselves. Yep. You know, I think that's a fair, that's a really good point. And I, and I think my, I, I'm looking at Lynch and, and I, I probably, I, I think the flop potential is much higher than other people think. I don't think I would bet that this won't work out. So I, th- I mean, and that that is totally sound. This is just a if you're buying it or or you're not. Um, I do think it's a fabrication, as I just admitted, of the organization. But I also think that Marshawn Lynch is uh, into it, into himself enough to make it happen. We'll see. The, nope. the, the, this is one of those like uh, you have to wait and see situations. Yep. All right, the last guy I want to talk about. You have a bunch, and for everybody, just just search for Liz's work on Yahoo, and you can and you can see this this entire piece on all the quarterbacks. Matt Ryan. Uh-huh. Um, I think a lot of us look at Matt Ryan and say, "Well, he can't be as good as last year." Uh-huh. But, but how how much do you think the drop off is statistically anyway? Well, I. Uh- so I believe he's only cleared 32 touchdowns previous to last year, one other time in his entire career. And it was like in 2012, I want to say uh, something like it was a while ago. Yep. I'm um, checking it right now. And it was 2012. You're right. Okay. Um, so this Matt Ryan to me is a better on the field, real football quarterback than fantasy quarterback because he is all floor and zero ceiling. And we saw, I will also say I owned him everywhere last year. Um, I bought into his, you know, full length mirror, working on his mechanics, uh, trying to absorb as much as much of Kyle Shanahan's uh, playbook as he could in his second year with Kyle Shanahan. Um, But there's no doubting that it was transitional for him in 2015, and he struggled woefully trying to make that happen. Now, I think that Kyle Shanahan is very instrumental in many of these players' successes, and I am not 100% sold that it's going to stick without him in Atlanta. Okay. So, um, you know— I, I feel like if you didn't own Matt Ryan in 2016, then I'm sorry you didn't own the right quarterback at the right value. But I don't think that that is going to. Tra- I mean, maybe I think uh, I would. I had a projection for him. I don't know, probably 30 touchdowns would okay. make, seems to make sense for me. But I don't see him clearing the same numbers he cleared last year. And I have him ranked as my QB 10. Yeah, Matt Ryan, everybody, last year. 534 attempts. I don't have the rankings in front of me. That's not a lot. And almost 5,000 yards and 36, 38 okay. touchdowns. So, yeah, you, you would – the statistically, you know, probability-wise, you would expect some of those numbers to go down if he doesn't throw more than that, so like you said. And QB10, um, yeah, you're, you're not going to own him, and uh, you might be right. Nope. Okay, we're going to talk – we're going to thank our sponsors. Hey, Liz, we got to thank Yahoo Fantasy Football for sponsoring this Please. podcast. Please right? do. So thank you, yeah. first of all, 
for that. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks to Yahoo Fantasy Football for sponsoring this podcast. Yahoo Fantasy Football offers endless ways to field the wins each week, whether it's a winning waiver claim, a winning piece of smack talk, or actually winning on the field. It's football in its funnest, best form, where there's no such thing as excessive celebration. Are you a big um, Are you a big celebration fan, or were you one of those people who kind of looked at players when you were a kid and went, oh, you know, give the ball to the ref? Oh, I like celebrations. I like. I was a theater major. I love the theatrics. <laughs> who's your sure. Who's your favorite um, end zone person? I like anything that Steve Smith Senior has yeah. done. He tends to be my favorite, mostly because he's like a little guy who's angry and an underdog, and I identify as a petite human being who's maybe a little bit on the feistier side. Got it. Yeah, it, yeah. it's weird. I, I told you, where I live. I actually live not far away from where Steve Smith does. And, and Charlotte is small enough to where you see, you know, you see people, at, you know, in the grocery store dropping off a UPS package or something like that. It's kind of where you're like, oh, hey, it's D'Angelo Williams. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Yahoo Fantasy Football is free to play and easy to use on desktop or on mobile with the Yahoo Fantasy Sports app. Sign up today, rotowire.com slash Yahoo, and download the Yahoo Fantasy Sports app, which has been rated number one by the Fantasy Sports Trade Association for three years in a row. The Yahoo Fantasy app Messenger lets all, allows for all the witty banter and smack talk your league can muster. The app is just as extensive as the desktop experience, letting you draft, trade, and check waiver options right on your phone. Gives you in-depth player and matchup analysis to help you fine-tune your roster each and every week. Switch your league to Yahoo where you can manage your league dues for free. Sign up today for Yahoo Fantasy Football. Rotowire.com slash Yahoo. That's rotowire.com slash Yahoo. Yahoo Fantasy Football. Feel the wins. Do you like? I like that tagline. I think it's pretty good. I think it's great. I think everything we do is great. There you go. See? An unbiased <laughs> observer there. Thank you, Yahoo Fantasy Football. All right. Um, you, you wrote something, uh, a couple of pieces, actually, on players worth reaching for. And these were mm. a little, let's say, a couple of weeks back, maybe? And I want to yeah, see it was three weeks ago. If you feel the, the same way about these people, if anything has changed, the first player I'm going to mention is probably the highest on your list, um, on your draft board anyway, and it's Leonard Fournette. Um, Mike Selfino was on with me the other day and he called him Leonard, Leonard 3.4 net because of what he ran for in the first preseason game. Um, Leonard Fournette after his first preseason game said, man, this is easy. I didn't think it would be this slow. Um, you, are you still way on board with Leonard Fournette? Well, doesn't he have a, he has a little bit of a foot thing, I believe, uh, yeah. which is a little concerning because that is the injury that he struggled with in college. Um, so, and feet and running backs, that's, that's a key part of your body if you're supposed to run, right? I mean, we're all connected, but I would imagine foot is, is huge. Yep. So I want to learn more about this foot injury because is it a foot injury? Is it a toe injury? Is it a, is it Achilles that's bothering him? There's a lot of pieces of the foot that are integral to a positive rushing yards and production. Um, so the foot thing does give me pause. His remarks after his first preseason game seems to me like a young guy who's, you know, peacocking a little bit. And I'm going to forgive that considering other young guys who have peacocked and done much worse. So, um, but yes, the foot gives me pause. Uh, I own a lot of uh, tons of shares of him, especially in best ball leagues. I really like the idea of a Jay Ajayi Leonard Fournette stack with the current ADP. Like to me, that's, that's a lovely one, two punch at the end of the first round. So if this foot injury or his comments are a catalyst for his stock dropping, 
then I'm going to continue to go for him. However, like I, it's one of those, like you kind of don't want some of your guys to do really well in the preseason because then they're no longer your guys and they become everybody's guys. Right. So, you know, um, but I'm watching the foot thing, you know, I, I'm certainly not, where's, what's his current ADP? He's like, what, uh, well, going in the I'm, first half of the second round. I'm looking at the MFL, which is, which is a, which is a PPR and his, okay. and his ADP is 22nd. But standard leagues might be a little different. Right. So I think 20, 20 seconds is a pretty good price. If, yeah, if, I think if that that's great. That. All right. Next guy up is further down the list, Danny Woodhead. Oh. Um, ADP-wise, in this format that I'm looking at, he's running back 27. Looks like he's going in round six or seven. Um, I, I think the thing with Woodhead, I think we, we got one running back out of the way with, an, mm-hmm. with Kenneth Dixon with an injury. Not that that's nice to say, but you know what I mean. Um, so Terrence West is there, Danny Woodhead. I think a lot of people are excited about Danny Woodhead. That the pause that I have is we're just assuming that the ACL is, is not a problem. But you're not paying big for him if you draft him. Um, were, were you, did you feel this way? Did, did it take Dixon's injury to move him up your draft board, or was he pretty high to begin with? No. I wrote an article for uh, football diehards in the end of May for their magazine, their draft book, um, touting him. I've been high on Woodhead since after the draft. Even that was with Dixon just missing the first four weeks of the season because of uh, the the PED suspension. I know that people get wary about 32-year-olds and especially 32-year-olds coming off of massive knee surgeries. But I feel like at a certain point when you're looking at this position, you have to find value somewhere. There's going to be red flags and there – I mean – Everybody was concerned about Melvin Gordon coming off of a microfracture surgery. Admittedly, he's much younger than 32 last year, though. And he was an incredible return on investment. So for me, also the offense that that Woodhead is fitting into makes him that much more interesting. Because last year, if you look at how often the uh, Ravens or Joe Flacco in particular targeted his running backs via the air, there were 122 targets if you added up all three running backs, and I'm including Ustrick, the, the fullback in, in that list. But 122 targets was second only to the Saints, who managed 125 targets through the air. What does Danny Woodhead do brilliantly? He's a pass-catching back. Yes, Terrence West probably has some value, but he's still a plotter. Even home in, in Maryland, again, he was a Towson grad. Uh, even home in Maryland, he didn't wow much last year. So I, I feel like Danny Woodhead has a huge opportunity. And for a running back, I am going to place volume over fragility because every one of them ends up being fragile. Okay. Um, everybody, Danny Woodhead's last two healthy seasons – 81 receptions and 76 receptions. I mean, um, come on. Yep. And you're, as you said, the, Ra- the Ravens are not shy about throwing to their backs. Um, and they don't have any good wide receivers, really. So that might help. Um, one other running back I want to mention that you had, and this is way down the list, uh, Robert Turbin. So, so, so can mm. I assume you're not, um, you're, you won't be drafting any Frank Gore anywhere? I, I'm not going to draft Frank Gore Mostly because I looked at his – so yeah, I, this is what I love. For two seasons, people have been discounting Frank Gore, and he's still – you know, it, it may not be – his y, YPC may not be amazing, but he's still producing, which I also think is evidence of just how shallow running back is at this point. I mean he's he's posted what like RB2, high-end RB2 numbers for two years in mm-hmm. a row. 
Um, and so now this year, everyone's like, oh, he's an amazing value. Again, you're late to the flipping party. This, his red zone production dipped last year pretty significantly while, while Robert Turbin's spiked. Robert Turbin scored eight touchdowns in 2016, seven on the ground, one via the air. Most of that came towards the end of the season. He was the RB20 overall over the last five weeks of the season. Maybe RB20 doesn't do anything for anybody, but an RB2 <laughs> over the last five weeks when Frank Gore is clearly running out of steam is a huge indicator to me of the Colts' willingness to or lack of willingness to use Frank Gore in scoring situations. So when I see someone's red zone production slipping and the backups increasing, then that backup becomes very uh, important and valuable to me. And I understand that Marlon Mack is there, but he's a rookie who's completely undisciplined. Um, and and I, he may be the future, but I think right now, Turbin is the dude. I'm owning him everywhere. And he's going in like round 19, right. which in most drafts means he's free. Yep. So he's probably your, you know, your fifth or sixth running back, even if you're picking. Yeah, him. he is the the bench stash. That is, and I don't care if he sits there. Scott Pianowski, my my colleague, doesn't like to stash players that much because he feels like you got to win out of the gate. Right. I will stash Robert Turbin until and know that basically that slot is taken until Thanksgiving. So is is he? So you're drafting in a league like that, and you're stashing a running back. Is Turbin – can we call him your favorite running back stash or is there anyone yes. – any, another one? Okay. Who Undeniable. else? Give me another one. Let's say you get to round 19 and some jerk like me takes Turbin and you want to stash a running back. Who would you take? Oh, um, Jonathan Williams. Yep. Uh, no, you know what? James Conner. I'll take James Conner, please. Oh, that's Alex. a good one. Yeah. Yep. I would like uh, James Conner in Pittsburgh. I know that uh, Fitzgerald Toussaint got more run in the first uh, week of the preseason, but I think that – by again, if we're stashing, we're assuming things are going to happen later versus sooner. And I really love his story is amazing, but I really love his skill set on top of it. Right. Okay. Um, the last one, I want to jump to wide receiver. Just mentioned one guy that you have because I, Mar- Martavis Bryant's on your list, but I've talked, I feel mm-hmm. like you, when you do the, I do these four days a week and sometimes I, I look at myself after I'm done, I go, God, did I talk about that guy for five minutes again? And Martavis Bryant is one of those guys. So we're going to do a Martavis Bryant free podcast today. Um, and a Joe Mixon free one. Jameson Crowder. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been talk in Washington about Crowder kind of moving inside to outside, depending on mm-hmm. what their formations are. So basically it would be when there's three, he'd move into the slot and Doxon would play. And if there's two, then he would, he, he would move outside. Um, Crowder is a, is, is a nice slot receiver. I think the Redskins want to seem like they want to make him a little more than that. You, I guess you think that's, that's a that's going to work. Uh, I think it will work. I am buying into this, right? This is another one. Like, are you going to buy into it or not? I am buying into it. He spent 56% of his snaps in the slot last year, mm-hmm. which is not, I mean, when you say that, okay, Jamison Crowder, quote, PPR guy, slot guy, 56% of his snaps in the slot to me does not sound like a lot for a guy with that moniker on him. Yep. You know? Um, so, which means to me he's, so if he's spending 56% of his time in the slot, he's spending over 40% of his time not in the slot. So, um, and Doxon has to get healthy. The dude has to show up. He's already struggling with what does he have now, like a hamstring or some sort of t- soft tissue issue? 
right, right now. Um, we haven't seen what he can do. I loved his, you know, vertical ability coming out of the draft, but that was two years ago, almost now, um, or a year ago, I guess. Right. Right. One, two, right. last year. Right. Yeah. Um, so, and so I feel like Crowder has every opportunity and Jordan Reed's already dealing with this toe injury. It sounds to me like turf toe. I don't, I don't want, I'm not a doctor. I took maybe one bio class in all of high school and all of college. But to me, this lingering toe issue that he's been dealing with since last season sounds like turf toe. That's terrifying. It's especially terrifying because I own him in an auction draft Stopa league. Um, which your your RotoWire buddies are, are familiar with. I feel like I'm the only person on any RotoWire podcast this month that was not in the Stopa League. You got to come, man. You got to make nice to Mark Stopa. I guess I do. I, you yeah. know, I'm new here, but I guess I got I, I to gotta suck up to the right people. But yeah, everybody it, like, oh, I was in the Stopa draft. Like, everybody was in the Stopa draft. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. And it's it was Vegas, a very good time. Fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I own Reed and Stopa, but um, – and I got a good price for him. And now, you know, here's why. But I think that when you're looking at Crowder, um, he scored seven, seven touchdowns last year. He, he, I, that was as many touchdowns as, as Robert Kelly had last year. And he was a top 30 fantasy asset in standard scoring leagues. So to me, everyone again is like, oh, he's just a PPR guy. He's just a slot guy, but only 56% of the time in the slot with the opportunity to move outside and perhaps even more of an opportunity now that if Josh Doxson can't get on the field or stay on the field, it's all about opportunity. You know, you can't, I can't discern whether a player can make that leap, but I can find out whether or not he's going to be given the chance to make that leap. And so I will align my drafting principles with with potential more than, you know, knowing the unknowable of whether or not this guy can like manage as an outside receiver, he's going to get the targets. And when he got the targets last year, he was able to convert on them. So I think that he has a shot at like a hundred over a hundred catches this season. I'm actually working on an article right now called a, like a, would you rather sort of article Mm -hmm. where you take um, two players on the same team, one who's being drafted higher and one who seems to be presenting value. And I'm talking in this instance of Terrell Pryor, who I, I'm, I'm bullish on, but you've got Jamison Crowder going much later. And if you look at the discrepancy in their prices, I would rather have Crowder for the value and the return on the ve- investment because to me, Pryor is someone who's being drafted at peak value. There's zero room for regression. He's joining a new team. He has to build chemistry and rapport with Kirk Cousins. Not saying it's impossible, but we already know that Jamison Crowder is one of Kirk Cousins' favorite uh, favorite targets. And he's got a new offensive coordinator this year. McVeigh is in Los Angeles. And so some of that holdover to me is, it seems logical then that is going to transfer to this season. So Crowder is one of those guys. And the team, love, Gruden loves him. I mean, I, I, yeah. know that, I, I know that we can't like put a lot of stock into coach speak. But the platitudes are just at a whole nother level than summertime platitudes normally are. Right. Uh, and, and so we, one point you made earlier about Crowder, um, for rookie year, his catch, his number of catches actually did not change a lot. I don't have the targets in front of me. Um, rookie year, 10.2 yards per catch. Second year, 12.6 yards per catch. Maybe not the typical slot short, you know, exactly. everything underneath kind of thing. So, so um, to, to your point, him him being able to stretch the field a little bit more than we think uh, seems pretty logical. Um, and actually, that that actually brings one of my guys because I'm looking at quarterbacks, and I'm not, even though everybody who does what we do seems to wait on quarterbacks, but I, I 
generally like to wait even more. I, I sort of, you know, when you get into the staring contest of who can wait the longest, I'm one of those people who waits. <laughs> and, and one of the guys that I'm waiting on that I'm looking and I'm going, why, why don't we like Kirk Cousins? Why? And I ask this a lot. I don't understand why we look at Kirk Cousins and sort of dismiss him. I mean, ADP wise, he's going at, I think, number 10 at quarterback. And I think that's too low. I, I am one of those people. And I'm also, I should admit, married to a Redskins fan. So Ew, I have <laughs> I have Kirk Cousins and he's from Illinois, he's born in Illinois, um, actually a suburb of Chicago. So I should be higher on him than I am. I think in general, and maybe this is part of where my bias comes from, I would feel better about believing in him if his team felt better yeah. about believing in him. Okay. That's and fair. I just feel like the stinks on him yet a little bit. Like I, I don't, I, I, mm, McVay's not going to be there. And it's hard for me. I mean, the, the problem that I come up with in my own analysis of Kirk Cousins is, <clears throat> well, if I'm bullish on Pryor and I'm bullish on Crowder, someone's got to be throwing them the ball. So if I'm making these, you know, awesome fearless forecasts and projections for both of those receivers, then why am I not giving Cousins the credit? Right. I will admit that that, you know, I'm, that's part of it for me. Um, I think I have him ranked as my QB 12. Okay. Um, Where am I here? Hold on. I'll check mine. I think I have him at five. Oh, yeah. All in. I better be right, I guess. Um, And yeah, I agree with you. It's it's weird to me that that team, I I understand that you you don't, there's a desire not to pay big ticket superstar money to a guy that you don't think is a superstar, but you know, that's the going rate for quarterbacks like that. And I know you're right about the team not believing in him. I get that. I don't understand why I think he's good enough. I think he's a guy you can win with in real life, not fantasy necessarily, but yeah, I don't know why they don't believe in him. Well, the thing that he was able to do that most impressed me. And again, I have him ranked QB 12. So, um, this is he's the guy that when people ask me about him, I'm like, oh, God, I have to like defend myself about this. Um, but when he first started, he had this inability just watching the tape of him and the mind melting that would happen whenever he made a mistake. Like he didn't have that sort of poise or resilience to move on from it. It would all just become this downward spiral of of interception after interception and mistake after a mistake. He has improved that. But I'm also a little bit interested to see how that happens without McVeigh in there and how right. instrumental was McVeigh to that confidence building and the vision that he was able to, to improve on over the past two seasons. Okay. Um, everybody, uh, we talked about this one yesterday and I love this one. Has, if your fantasy team has ever caught the injury bug and it cost you your shot, shot at winning your league, Look no further than Rotoshurance, the leader in fantasy sports insurance. Their insurance coverage can save your league's investments with policies as low as $4 a season. You can even receive 20% off coverage this season using the promo code ROTOWIRE during the month of August. It's easy. Just visit rotoshurance.com where you choose your sport, what coverage you want, your league's entry fee, and then you can choose the players you want to insure. Don't lose your money this season due to injury and protect your team at rotoshurance.com. Liz, if you needed to insure a player this year, not named Jordan Reed, who would it be? Um, John Brown. That's a good one. I like that. Oh, Bruce Arians is mad at him. He sure is. Holy moly. Everybody talking up John Brown the last couple of months. 
And after last year, that he's healthy now. He's great. He's the only deep threat. And Bruce Arians basically said, I, I got I got two guys who are NFL wide receivers on this team, and maybe we're going to have to look around. <laughs> yeah. Okay. If you say so, coach. <laughs> yeah, he's an angry man. All right. Uh, preseason week one. Um, at Yahoo, you did some winners and losers. Winner, um, that touchdown, that high point touchdown catch was pretty nice for Kelvin Benjamin last Wednesday night, wasn't it? It sure was. It was beautiful. And I think that Calvin Benjamin, I mean, you're in you're in Charlotte, so you'll be able to speak to this. I think that he's gotten a little bit lost in the shuffle because his red zone presence regressed last year. And that when you have a guy, what, 6'5", 240, 243, I guess now. Um, when Two, you have 270, a guy, depending on the time of year, but whatever. <laughs> but he's apparently down to 243 yes. now. And he, at the combine, weighed in at 240. So he's basically down to his combine weight. Um and you have a guy that big who isn't catching touchdowns, that's obviously a huge disappointment. He was a skyscraper brought in to help Cam do what Cam uh, does via the air, which is throw a little high and wild. So, um, And so I think between like the, the an underwhelming last year, 2016, and this, quote, change in offensive philosophy and these two young rookies who are, you know, have disparate skill sets, if you will, from Kevin Bell- Benjamin. Um, he's kind of gotten lost in the shuffle, but the fact still remains he is the team's number one wide receiver. And he can, as you just mentioned, high point the football in the red area of the field. I think he's presenting great value right now. Um, I, I think the value is fine. You know, I, I can't say I love him, but at the price, you're right. I mean, the ADP is the wide receiver 29. He, he's not going to be a 90-catch guy, but if no. he didn't catch seven or eight touchdowns, I'd be surprised. There you go. So. Seven or eight touchdowns is nice. I have him just after his first preseason effort. I, ha- I moved him up to wide receiver 17. Ooh, that's, a, that's aggressive. I like it. Okay. The rest of my colleagues have him ranked between 24 and 34. Okay, gotcha. And I have him at 30, which I feel like is too low. So... Um, but you know, the thing is, I, I told someone a couple of weeks ago, I have my rankings open when we do this. And when I hear a really good point, I go, All right, maybe while that person's talking, I'm going to tweak this a little bit and move the player <laughs> up three slots. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. Um, not my ranking philosophy, but the, whatever, uh, like what you just said about Kelvin Benjamin. Loser on your end, Paul Perkins. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I mean, I, I, I grew up a, a Giants fan and I just don't. I don't know how they're going to – they can't – they still can't block. Or at least I, I, need to, I need to see it to believe it. He probably is going to play first and second down, and it's not like he's some you know, bulldozer like LeGarrette Blunt mm-hmm. playing on first and second down and seeding third down – passing downs to Shane Vereen. I, I don't know. This is, he's just so blah. I look at Paul Perkins. I, hey, what do you think of Paul Perkins? I go, eh. Right? Well, he's, he's like a jag at the definition of jag, right? Yeah. He's just a guy. Um, and coming out of college, right. He was super elusive. That was the thing, but his vision, he just can't find the hole. He has trouble shimmying into it and, and certainly not out of it because you're right. He's not a bulldozer. He bounces off of defenders. Um, I'm worried about the giants in a real way. And not just because I'm married to a Redskins fan. Um, but I feel like if you look at Eli Manning, I am believing that the hashtag regression is real. His shoulder, which he has complained of before having dead arm, et cetera. And he's what? 35, 36 now. Yep. Um, 36. He, 36. Uh, I think that if he can't throw the ball and I understand that they've, you know, that the, the 
the staff has tried to band-aid this issue by adding Brandon Marshall, who's this red zone presence, and drafting this giant tight end. Um, they've tried to give him weapons, but if he can't get the ball down the field, and let's not forget that the season is 16 weeks long, they're going to have to run the ball more, whether McAdoo likes it or not. And I don't know how they're going to do that with their current cadre of running backs. I mean, is our Orleans Darkwa has a very large <laughs> shot of seeing like 12 carries a week. That's not good. Yeah, that's not good at all. I agree with you. And, and, and Perkins, yeah, I'm with you. Just a, just a guy is a great way to describe him. And his offensive line is not going to do him any favors. Nope. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just so out on the Giants. I mean, other than Beckham. I, sure, I, I look at Brandon Marshall too. I go, I don't know if I see him. He's 32. I, I don't know if I'm buying it. Like he's I, a 32 year old who has diva tendencies and has never not been the number one. Right. And, and I have, I feel like, just like I said about Lynch, I look at Brandon Marshall. I said, maybe last year was all attributable to injury, but I mean, the odds of him being sort of on his way to being done are not minuscule. It's possible that we could see that. Agreed. All right, a guy you said kind of jumped up and, and, and got on the radar. Okay, so a Cooper Cup from the Rams. He could be a, a security blanket for Jared Goff, right? And, and it's bad. I, so. I look at Cooper Cup and I go, and, and I basically saw college highlights of him, whatever. But I look at him and, I, and it's funny. And I'm starting to think of players to compare him to. And it's such a stereotype. I go, oh, you know, Beasley and Edelman and <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I mean, oh, it's the white guy slot receivers. Um, what, what did you see? from Cooper cup that made you think, Hey, maybe we could have a little bit of production here. I mean, I would say that his awareness, the heads up play where he landed on a fumble by ironically, Robert Woods, who he may, he may end up replacing, um, was pretty incredible for a rookie. Right. And this is a guy. So my colleague, Andy Barron's, we did a draft show together in April and Andy Barron's was singing cups praises. And I was like, did you see his combine stats? Not that I'm like a, like a metrics maven by any means. But when you see a guy from a smaller school really flatline at the combine, you think like, ooh, maybe that was about level of competition. And so I'm a Rams fan. I'm a Bears fan originally, but I live in Los Angeles now, as I mentioned, and I have a Rams season's tickets. So I'm, I'm paying attention to the Rams. I would like for my children, yeah. <laughs> this franchise, to eventually be pretty good. And so when I saw Cooper Cup, have that sort of awareness and the heads up ability to, to do that, like to, to fall on the ball and make it happen. He also caught like two of three for 35 yards and they were pretty catches. I'm liking it. And, and I, I really do believe in McVeigh. I think he's a creative young guy. If you watched all or nothing on Amazon, that franchise, and I would encourage people that bo- it begins, it's very boring in the beginning, but I think the back half of that show is quite telling about where the Rams are at entering 2017 and could point to some like cup. Like I think that like this, there needs to be some young blood and he's by no means, especially as a rookie going to be, you know, a top receiver. But I think he's one of these guys that you could slot in later in your draft and could end up being a PPR play. Okay. So I want to touch on something that, that you mentioned a minute ago. So you you grew up a Bears fan, yeah. And you you live in L.A. because mm-hmm. I'm in the same boat. I grew up with the Giants. And I moved to Charlotte, and I t- and my kids are kind of they're a little all over the place sometimes. But they say they want to root for the Giants, and I kind of go, "Well, you live in Charlotte. You should be Panthers fans. Like, don't don't you? So you want your kids to to be a fan of the local team? 
Um, I mean, no, I want my kids to be Bears fans, okay. but I'm married to a Redskins fan, right? So this is the <laughs> this is the right this is the um, compromise that we've come to. Is that like okay? Well, actually, uh, I was pre- my daughter is just seven months, um, and we made the announcement that I was pregnant by having a T-shirt of a Redskins t-shirt, but with the R on it, not the Indian head for obvious reasons. Um, and it said, daddy, a picture of the bears logo, a t-shirt with the bears logo, mommy. Um, and then a picture of a Rams t-shirt. It said big brother. Cause my son was three at the time. And then a little pink onesie that says little sis with a picture of the Rams logo on it. So th- we're very, very into our kids being sports fans, but yeah. we're okay seeding the team that they root for as long as it's for the local team. Although now the Chargers have like come in and yeah. sort of, you know, thrown us all for a loop. Well, which one's ne- which one now? I mean, later they're going to play in the same stadium. Which one now is closer to you geographically? Because they're the, the Chargers are playing in the football stadium, right? And the soccer yeah. stadium. I think it's well. I think the Rams are probably although the the Rams are moving. They're in the call. Yeah, the Rams are closer because in their coliseum. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, last last thing on this one before one more sponsor and a little bit more. What did you being a Bears fan? What did you think of Mitchell Trubisky um, on whatever night it was Thursday Friday? Uh, he, he the stats were good. I mean, John, my the bar was so low. <laughs> he didn't he didn't get sacked. Right. And he he stayed upright. Uh, and he found, he found receivers and I thought his accuracy wasn't bad. Uh, you know, you and I talked offline about his mechanics being a little bit wonky, maybe him having a, a Bors, a Bortlesian windup some, um, but he's a rookie and I'll take that. It's better than Glennon. Yep. That's true. I'm, and that's sad, right? Like how, that's where I'm at. Like my, the rookie that we paid up for and made all of us, Andy Barron's had nightmares the night after the draft. <laughs> he did. He like slept three hours. Um, I didn't cause I had a four month old. I slept like a baby cause I was away from her, <laughs> but, 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 um, but uh, you know, t- like this, this rookie is better than our quote starter who is not going to be our starter. So th- the bar is so low. I will say, can I just say this? Jay Cutler moving to Miami is one of the best things that happened to me because I love as a football fan, his antics and his just not caring yeah. and watching him do it for a franchise that is not the one I root for the most is a wonderful gift. It must be. It's easier this way. Yes, it's great. You can be entertained by him without being emotionally invested. So it's kind of good. Welcome if you got him. Go for it. <laughs> All right, everybody. We recommend you go to fantasysportsmarkets.com. They have the best DFS contests available with cash awards, big bonus prizes every day, as always with Fantasy Sports Markets. There's no salary caps. You can draft who you want on your roster. Try the free-to-enter preseason football contest with the prize being a copy of Madden 18, which I had to pre-order today for my nine-year-old son. He was bugging me for a week. Register today. Enter the promo code ROTOWIRE to get $15 of promotional credits towards your contest entries. It's available to all U.S. residents. Go to fantasysportsmarkets.com today. All right, I want to go back to, to the Rams a little bit. So uh, Sammy Watkins, is this a – you? I've, most people that I've talked to have looked at this and said, bummer for Sammy Watkins because he has to go play with Jared Goff instead of with Tyrod Taylor. What you said a minute ago about McVeigh would suggest to me that you're more optimistic. I mean, I don't think that means you necessarily rank Sammy Watkins as your 12th receiver or whatever, but – but you don't, you know, you didn't probably hang your head because you, you see some, uh, there's maybe some light at the end of the tunnel for the Rams on offense. Yeah. 
I, I am not down on this. I mean, it's obvious. There's an obvious downgrade. Okay, so I I moved him down to wide receiver 23 overall, but that's still within my top 24, right? So he's a low end wide receiver too. Um, I think that McVeigh. I'm buying into that, right? Like I've already admitted that. And I think that there's opportunity for him here. The book was written on him in Buffalo. I don't think he liked playing there. He's had a different coach every flipping year for the most part. They didn't want him. He was entering the year knowing that they didn't want him because they didn't extend him. And so now he has an opportunity. And by the way, where would you rather live? Los Angeles or upstate New York or wherever Buffalo is? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, And not for nothing. I feel like if you're a player who's dealing with, we saw a little bit of this from Deshaun Jackson in the uh, hard knocks episode. If you're dealing with kind of, if your player has aches and pains, but a foot issue, the warmer weather is going to help that a little bit. And I know, I know I'm, I'm stretching a little bit here and that might get some eye rolls, but it is a bit of a factor when you're thinking about a player's like mindset and him coming in. So from a fantasy perspective, yeah, he gets dinged, but I don't think this is, I mean, is Tyrod Taylor that great of a passer? No. Right. Tyrod Taylor is impressive because he's a, a dual threat quarterback who has some mobility and no, he's not um, EJ Manuel who's like hitting the hot dog stand, but he's still not some incredible strong armed signal caller. Right. I mean, I, th- I think people, I, I, I always like to say, I think Tyrod's underrated as a passer. That doesn't mean I think he's a really good passer. I think people I- think he's a bad passer because he runs. Um, so Jared Goff, you're, it, it, you, you, what, what do you, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I was about to say, you know, maybe you think this, maybe you think that. Uh, how much promise is there? How disappointed were you? you how disappointed were you last know. year? Okay. I was, uh, I don't know. He, he, he was not, I mean, the poor kid wasn't ready to play football. And Jeff Fisher was just like, well, let's, here's a bus throw. Anyone else in front of me, I'll just sacrifice all the lambs, <laughs> which didn't end up working. So, <laughs> I don't know. Like, is the kid the brightest bulb in the box? No, he doesn't know where the sun sets or rises. But and he went to Cal, I, which is a good school. I well, and that's where Aaron Rodgers went. Yeah, I would love for my my son or my daughter to go to Cal it's in state. Um, but I also feel like, like when I look at Jared Goff, the first thing I see is that he's a little too skinny. So I want to see him get into the weight room, especially behind that offensive line, and bulk up a little bit. I also want somebody to get into his head and lead. And Jeff Fisher is not that coach. So now he has an opportunity for that to happen. And you can even, I mean, again, if you watch all or nothing, you can see like a little glimmer of light come on. Like he needs to be guided. He is a, a kid. Like he's what, 23 years old. Um, and so I feel like this, I'm optimistic about this entire offense and also they're trying Right. I feel like Jeff Fisher wasn't trying. Jeff Fisher was like, you know what? I don't need any receivers. In fact, I'm going to take Tavon Austin, paying him a bunch of money and use him as a running back half the time. (laughs) I don't need receivers. And McVay's like, this is crazy. We have to give this kid weapons. We have to train him. He now knows he's the starting quarterback. He can he's getting reps. They're working with him. I have him ranked as my QB 31. I'm not delusional, but I also feel like he's going to do better than he did in 2015. Okay. That's fair. So you, I, I feel like some people looked at saw what looked at him last year and gave up. No, That's, I'm not there yet. Come on, I had Jake Cutler for how many years in Chicago? I can't give up. <laughs> we haven't had a quarterback since Sid Luckman. Wow. Well, okay. Re- yeah. 
I mean, McMahon wasn't McMahon was overrated. I think nothing against the guy liked him, but he wasn't he was a great manager. He was a yeah. great manager with a great brand. All right. Um, the last Ram. Uh, so Todd Gurley, I, I think, I think there's a lot of people who don't, we all, you have to rank someone somewhere and you yeah. and I are similar. I think you've got him at running back 11 or 10, like, 11 and I have him 10, but, but I don't, he's one of those guys I'm not sure what to do with because I agree with you last year. I was very optimistic because everybody said, well, the, the line's bad and the quarterback's bad. And I said, well, it was the same the year before. And he got 1,100 yards in 13 games. And last year, there was, there was nothing. There were no big plays. It just – every week he said, maybe this is the week and it just never happened. Um, but again, you're, you're a little more – you see some light at the end of the tunnel for the Rams. So I would guess that means you see some possibilities for Todd Gurley. I, I love your point about having to rank him somewhere, right? Like – and this becomes the problem because are you going to draft him if he falls to you or are you, if, if I have, you know, Todd Gurley and Lamar Miller back to back, essentially, I might actually draft Lamar Miller instead of Todd Gurley, who's ranked one spot ahead of him. But then I think like, why am I afraid of last year? Well, last year is an indicator of, of certain things. The offensive line, I don't think is like that much better. And if, if I mean, the, my least favorite thing is listening to people assume that rookies are going to come in and be productive or how that offensive line chemistry is going to gel. It's all a, a giant question mark for the most part. Um, but I do feel like Lance Dunbar is out of the equation. So he is not going to those, his knees are shot. He's not going to end up being the West Coast Chris Thompson that we many, maybe not you, but I had anticipated. So that means to me that like, while while I do think that might help Tavon Austin a tiny, tiny bit, McVay is going to have to cede some of that passing work to Todd Gurley. Um, Sammy Watkins obviously opens things up um, for him and they can't just put like eight plus in the box consistently trying to stuff Todd Gurley, assuming that Watkins stays healthy. And you've got Cooper cup there who could like be a little bit of a safety valve that we've talked about as well. You know, and I think that, that, that also allows, um, there's, you know, some of that passing stuff will go to, to cup as well with Dunbar out of the picture. Right. But now the it's not as glooming as it was. And I also do think that Jared Goff is going to get better this year. He was a rookie who was not supposed to play last year and thrown to the Wolves. So do I think that Todd Gurley is going to give you his rookie year production? Of course not. But I also don't think he's going to be the dumpster fire that he was last year. Right. And I think with Todd Gurley, he could give you his rookie year production. I don't know. I wouldn't invest in it. But – you know, right, when, when, right. We, a, when we've seen it from a guy, it, it can happen again. That is a perfect point. That, right, he's being drafted late. People are eschewing him because they're terrified of a repeat of last year. But he does have the talent and the upside to return. So, like, this is one of those guys that it's like, well, it could go either way. You know, like, this could either be a disaster, so I want to avoid him, or, glimmer of hope, he could get that 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 rookie status back so I think that's an excellent point um because we know that it's not I don't believe him to be a pretender right okay um all right everybody Uh, we're gonna wrap it there um much as I'd like to keep talking about fantasy football for you know hours and hours I think we will wrap it up for today we'll do it again tomorrow listeners to this podcast can get a free 10-day rotowire trial at rotowire.com slash pod no credit card needed it lets you check out nearly all the features on the site check it out rotowire.com slash pod Liz you talked about uh would you rather 
article you're writing. Um, what else are you going to be working on in, in the near future? Draft season is really, really upon us now. Uh, yeah, it's we have articles going up nearly every day on the Roto Arcade. Check those out. My solo piece, the Would You Rather piece, is posting this Thursday. Um, we're also doing a live show for National Draft Day at the end of the month, and there will be details to check that out. Oh, and we have an awesome survival game that people should check out. Um, it's just kind of like a pick em sort of style game. Um and a draft kit that has all of the articles that that the entire team has been creating rankings, um, over unders, everything, and that's pinned on my Twitter page. You can go to at Liz Loza underscore FF to check all of those things out. All right, that's it, Liz. Thank you so much for doing this with me today. I really appreciate it, everybody. If you like this podcast, we would we would love it if you leave us a review and a rating. That would help us out a lot. Thank you for listening, like I said, to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Football. Our next episode is going to be coming up on Thursday, so please check back then. It's almost draft season, everybody. You don't want to get caught behind on the fantasy football information. For Liz Loza, I'm John Halpin. See you back here next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.